The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. Good morning and happy Saturday. <laughs> welcome, welcome back to the to the show. Welcome back to the podcast, Culture Insanity. Uh, we are on episode nine now, so welcome back. Uh, we look forward to um, what we're going to be talking about. I think we look forward to it. <laughs> it's going to be another, um, yeah, and another engaging discussion. We hope and another another romper, another romper, uh, potentially a polarizing discussion, um, but. That's uh, that's that's what we're what we're going for now. So, um, so yeah, there's only I say there's only one thing on the um, the 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 docket to talk about today, but it's it's sort of a, a big old mess that we're gonna try to um, you know sort of tackle and unravel and you know try to bring you guys along for how this has been developing uh, in the last uh, couple weeks since we last aired. So, uh, so yeah. So that topic is um, regarding free speech. So, get your seatbelts fastened, <laughs> and here we go, I guess. Um, so, yes, yeah, <laughs> you are now entering. Um, yeah, so this, this debate of free speech came up in the last couple weeks, um, and it, as Pastor Montu had pointed out, it's not, a, it's not a new discussion, but it's a... Um, it's a, a recent discussion. It's it's resurfaced and reared its ugly head again, um, particularly in it's how all over pop culture. Yeah, it's all over pop culture, um, and really the the basis for our discussion uh, today is how does free speech um, sort of interact and coexist with just the digital world that um, we are in with social media and all these different platforms for people to have their voice heard. Like how how does free speech navigate in that world? Um, so, so here we go. So the starting point for how it's popped up recently was um, a, a sort of back and forth, a, a feud between um, a man named Carlos Mesa, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, and then Steven Crowder. So two people on opposite ends of the political spectrum. Um, Carlos Mesa is a is a contributor um to a a publication called vox or vox media that's correct right new vox media um basically if you don't know vox media their their whole thing is they provide opinion i think their slogan is they provide an ounce of opinion with every ounce of fact and data so it's a it's a it's a publication that has a has the ability for um for people to run wild, people to contribute on it, I guess. Um, so that's that's his sort of basic background. And then Steven Crowder is a very um, popular conservative, um, what do you call him? Conservative what? Commentator. Commentator. Yeah, he's a commentator. I would yeah. think that he's, he would lean towards even ultra-conservative. Yeah, yeah. He has a he has a, a show called Louder with Crowder, and he's, he's very... Um, He's very opinionated, right. <laughs> ultra conservative, as Pastor Monty says. So, right. um, so yeah, it started between these two guys. Um, 
and basically Crowder is Crowder is um, every time every time this this man Carlos Mesa is you know publishing something or tweeting about something or, or whatnot Crowder is then going on his show and and attacking it or tackling it commentating on it um, and um, he's doing it in a very specific way um, every time he does he's using um, what has been um, yeah yeah he's using words and and names um, for this man because this Carlos Mesa guy, he's, he's gay and he's, and Crowder, every time he commentates on it, he's, you know, slandering this guy, so on and so forth. So there's this whole debate that sort of, um, erupted out of this back and forth between these two individuals. And, um, and for the record, um, this Crowder guy, that's how he sort of got his following. It's, this is, this is not new. Well, his show is called Loud with Crowder. Yeah. Louder with Crowder. Yeah, he's very all about, you know... Outspoken. Yeah, uh, being outspoken. So, um, so from where he's coming from, this is just this is just going to work type thing, you know? Um, so there's that. But as I said, there's this whole thing that's erupted as far as um, where are the lines between, between Crowder's freedom of speech and hate speech with how he's addressing this Carlos Mesa um, guy and what's appropriate. Um, he's using, you know, the platform he's on, YouTube, to um, do this. And so then there's this huge um, crusade and call to action um, from Carlos Mesa and his camp um, on, you know, YouTube, YouTube acting. And, you know, um, and so they did. So what have I missed so far? <laughs> what are the what are uh, so the basic YouTube, details I missed? So then they were wanting YouTube to take action. So then YouTube uh, put um, Crowder's videos under review, and that caused a whole thing because uh, Masa or Mesa or whatever he has a following, but not nearly as large as Crowder's. Yeah, it's like a hundred thousand to three point something million or something. Yeah, That's Crowder cool. Crowder has like a really big following. Yeah. And so then, so YouTube put Crowder's account under review, which, by the way, isn't the first time that's happened. Um, and then they, or Google, because Google owns YouTube, and they came back and they said, well, he didn't really violate any policies. We find what he says distasteful as a company, but he didn't violate any policies. So he's not going to be punished for that, and his channel can continue to stay, which then caused a huge uproar uh, with... Um, Mesa or Maza's following, Carlos M's following, yeah. and uh, figure that out. <laughs> yeah, we'll play back. It's gonna be a long episode if we keep saying his name wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and so it caused a whole backlash with that, and then they're saying that Google isn't um, homosexual friendly. They're not friends of the LGBTQ plus. Um, and well, it started with. YouTube being attacked, but obviously since Google owns YouTube, and then Google's right. being roped into it. Um, so then they went back, and then they so then Google was like, "Well, okay, we'll review even more." And so then they decided to demonetize mm -hmm. um, Crowder's videos, which, by the way, most of his videos are, were already demonetized. Now he does this like mug thing where he sells mugs because his Which's videos yeah. has been demonetized for a stuff. long time. And so then there was a so then the community the LGBTQ plus community was saying that that's not enough and that, that that actually martyrs him and and he's had more subscribers since then. And now there's a whole thing with, uh, what is it? Um, 
where then Google came out with a new policy for YouTube and so now they've been like deleting videos and like history professors have found like uh, videos that they used like uh, what was the one the the Hitler propaganda movie for instance it's called <clears throat> Triumph of the Will Triumph of the Will yeah. yeah where like Triumph of the Will for instance like uh, history teachers pages that they <clears throat> they use for their students have now been um, like taken down or demonetized um, because they have inflammatory um historical archive on them um and that's and it's clearly what they're being used for it's clearly not to propagandize but uh people's things are being taken down um so yeah that's that's kind of where we're yeah, at i want to back i want to backtrack a little bit just to shed you know to give to give it justice or whatever as far as matt's mesa's point of view masa's point of view i'm gonna research that yeah, please do <laughs> um so masa mesa um yeah, he basically went on Twitter and, you know, uh, produced a series of tweets, you know, attacking um, the actions of Crowder, saying that his content um, was deliberately posted in order to humiliate someone because of the language. Again, the language he's using is, um, is um, really inappropriate, I guess. You know, he's using... He's using um, I'm thinking the word obnoxious. Sure, both. <laughs> it's ob- it's obnoxious. Crowder, you're talking about Crowder. Or yeah, or? Yeah, Crowder, yeah, Crowder, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that, but that's but that's his gig. That's like uh, that doesn't that, make it right. That's like anyways, what's we'll his face. Well, that's like what's his face back in New York. Um, you know what I'm talking about? You're Lots, talking about Shock Jock. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sideshow Bob. Yeah. So you know, same. You know, you know, Sideshow Bob from The Simpsons and a Sideshow Bob. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's the, the Shock Jock. Yeah, but anyway, he does. Uh, his he always has girls come on and get. Oh, Howard like Stern. Yeah, Howard Stern. Yeah. Oh, okay. His whole shtick is to is you know to be obnoxious and to. I don't know. I don't. Think, I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I don't so think either. that's true of Crowder. Crowder is is using specific uh, words and names. No, Howard Stern. Well, because Howard Stern knows. hosts a har- an R-rated show for sure, but he's not on his thing. Calling people names and you know cyberbullying them necessarily. Crowder knows he's pushing buttons. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Anyways, we're trying to we're trying to go from from Mesa's point of view. Um, he was he said that the content makes hurtful and negative personal comments about his ethnicity and sexuality because again he's a he's a homosexual. I think he's Mexican. Maybe Josh will research that. Yeah, too. I'm researching. Um, but yes, he is. And that his content incites others to do the same thing, harass and, and bully him. And um, it's led to, to doxing, he said. So doxing is another, you know, piece you of know jargon. you know what doxing is, Pastor Monty? I've heard the term. Doxing basically is publishing personal information about someone for the purpose of... Um, Getting others to harass them. Yeah. To, to, yeah. To, yeah, to bad, hurt them. It's bad form. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's not good. Um but basically, so that's that's the backstory. So that's he produced a series of tweets, you know, um, outlining what's how he, how it's making him feel and where what it's doing and stuff. And then in response, as as Pastor Monty was alluding to, Crowder basically he did acknowledge the use of, of the language he's using, but he said that it was in a comedic fashion and only when arguing against the viewpoints of of Mesa. And he is um, not not. Um, advocating for for like harassing someone in fact he say, he says he condemns it completely but did somebody tell him to stick to his day job who crowder 
This is Crowder's day job. No, 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 no. You're a commentator, not a comedian. Stick to your day job. Actually, Stephen Crowder <laughs> is a stand-up comic. Uh, is he really? Is he really a stand-up? Yeah. Does he do stand-up? He did stand-up. Oh, oh back in the day. Anyways, so Crowder says, I'm going to read a little snippet. Crowder went on to claim that Mesa's efforts to flag his videos were part of a larger campaign from big media companies to silence conservative creators, noting a $200 million investment from NBC in Vox Media back in 2015, calling the situation comparable to David versus Goliath. And he said that this is a war we will fight till the absolute bitter end. So Crowder is acknowledging that Vox Media has a liberal bent, and because Crowder is on the opposing side that this is just part of a bigger whatever to silence the other side um so so the framework here big old mess (laughs) well to help with understanding the framework as far as crowder is concerned you know all is fair in love and war and as far as he's concerned this is a cultural war and so all and everything's open Hmm. um so so i have a definitive uh, research uh, Inside Edition. Oh yeah. Inside Edition. Good was, where of course Pastor Monty's good friend Bill Riley came from. Yeah. Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly came from. Uh, they pronounce it Maza. Maza. Okay. Maza. Going forward, Maza. Um, forgive us, Carlos Maza. We're not meaning to uh, uh, incite you, you in any way. Dox you. It's just a, we didn't understand how to pronounce your name. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Crowder is, you know, claiming this is part of a larger, um, a larger plan to basically deplatform him and his people and all these different things. Um, and then, as Josh alluded to, YouTube acted by, you know, doing things like demonetizing his videos. Can't make money on his videos, and so he's now having to, you know, make money off just merch, mugs, and such um, shirts that are, again, obnoxious and inappropriate, or both. Yeah. Um, but so I'm, I'm going to read a little snippet from from what YouTube said um, after, you know, this whole thing boiled over and they were basically forced to take a take a stance. Um, YouTube said our team spent the last few days conducting an in-depth review of the videos flagged to us. And while we found language that was clearly hurtful, the videos as posted don't violate our policies. We've included more info below, uh, so on and so forth. As an open platform, it's crucial for us to allow everyone from creators to journalists to late night TV hosts to express their opinions with and in the scope of our policies. Opinions can be deeply offensive, but if they don't violate our policies, they'll remain on our site. Even if a video remains on our site, it doesn't mean we endorse or support that viewpoint. So that was their initial response. Then you can imagine that Maza was not happy with that um, because you know YouTube is allowing these, this thing to stand. Well, not just Maza. Right, but he's the well, the, he's yeah, the, yeah, the face the, of it right now. The yeah. LGBT community, basically. right? But he's not the, just them. But yes. He's he's the face of it. So after a few days and after a bunch more tweets and all this other um, stuff, they they basically re re entered the water there because they said they they're going to continue to research it. And that's when they did the thing like um, demonetize, which still didn't please well didn't please either party. And so then there was all this uproar. Um, to make well, the demonetizing is a symbolic error since they really had demonetized him earlier. Yeah. It's, it's just so, so we basically have our setup, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it, t- it took about 20 basically. minutes to get our setup. And well, it's, it's kind of a complex. It's been happening over two weeks. And yeah. Yeah. It's there's kind of a there's complex. A lot of but before we, parties uh, so before we get to really discussing, we wanted a discussion to be as fruitful and open as possible, which means 
what we would like for you guys to do is take a moment to share this conversation so that we can get it, uh, so we can get the possibility for people to comment back. It's an open discussion. Thanks, by the way, Joseph Jesse, for saying Howard Stern. Um, Sideshow Bob. <clears throat> Sideshow Bob. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Sideshow Bob and Howard Stern. I'm going to find a, like a picture to post. Anyway. Yes. Uh, so if you can take a moment to like, share, to like and share this conversation so that we can have as much discussion as possible. And remember, this is a discussion, so feel free to comment back to us um, and we'll try to get to you, you know, uh, we'll try to get to it as quickly as possible. Yeah. And also, remember, this is free to you, but it's not free to us. So if you want to support us in any way, we would really appreciate it. Even a dollar um, a month would be helpful. And you can just do that at the donate tab at abfpdx.org. Uh uh, to follow up on that, this is a discussion that doesn't have to be just for here and now either. Like it's going to be posted yeah. to our page, and if it has you thinking throughout the week or weeks or whatever, feel free to come back to it. You know, we're paying attention to that, so right. Um, feel free to for it to be uh, an active discussion, not just for the next hour or forty five minutes. But and I see some of you have already liked it, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Um. So I have a whole series of questions here, trying to sort of systematically break this down. <clears throat> so, if you gentlemen would um be so kind as to help me with that so first of all how can we just properly assess the different parties involved i know that's sort of a, a general question but like what what do we make of crowder's actions for example the words obnoxious were used <laughs> earlier or or um bad form but what do we make of where he's coming from what do we make of where uh, moss is coming from what do we make of how youtube responded uh, i guess we'll start there well I mean, let's not, and let's not to spend too much time there. Yeah, okay, the, yeah, yeah. I would liken this unto a bad marriage between um, who? Bet, between Crowder and and Mazza. So here's the here's the deal. I'm sure they would appreciate you. <laughs> I'm sure they would. Yeah, they would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Here, what what you have going on is that in the art of communication, uh, if you really want your communication to go downhill, then stay away from the subject and personalize. And a lot of times the reasons why marriage relationships go into the toilet and need to be flushed is because in their communication with each other, they stay away from the central issues involved and they begin personalizing. I'm, I'm honestly surprised that you're that you're taking a stance against Crowder's position. I'm just saying that, you know... I mean, it was only last episode that you made a comment about women should keep their legs shut. Their I, damn legs shut. I, I think that... I think that... Um, or the women... that Or joking that women... Women have the right to vote? You sometimes... You sometimes... Which um, was a joke. It was a joke, for the record. In case you've been carrying that. But... but you sometimes underestimate, Josh, my comprehensive sophistication. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back to this conversation and not your comprehensive sophistication. So... <laughs> So the real issue is, is that uh, you know, bad marriage, uh, communication Crow skills. Well, Crowder, as I said, Joseph he, Jesse is surprised he, as well. For the record, he sees this as a cultural war, and the old adage "all is fair in love and war" really, I believe, applies to where he's coming from. And so he's going to do everything he can to needle his opponent and to and to pick at him including personalization which is nothing exact except and, exasperate the situation and that's fine that that's what he thinks right 
Clearly, well, he I'll, thinks well, it's okay. Sure, I, don't, I, I don't. I don't think you can justify that he actually thinks that. For the record, I've seen a lot of Crowder. Yeah. Like before this came up, I, I, he was already on my radar, and I've watched him, and he's actually really respectful, generally. I've only, yeah, my only exposure to him is, uh, I've seen one of his episodes, and then he was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. Which I've seen a, long podcast, a couple but. of things that he's done. I, I mean, I wasn't offended, but you know, I'm a right, I, I'm on the right of things philosophically. My wife. Not probably to, hates him. Yeah, not to throw <laughs> not to throw Michelle under the bus, but she can't stand Crowder. Yeah, yeah. she probably thinks he's very obnoxious. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he kind of is, but he uh, offends my sensibilities. Okay. Anyways, yeah. but now here we go back to the personalizing. <laughs> uh, okay, but so how do we like? How do we filter where he's coming from? Like, where do we stand on it? Not, not so much what does he think is okay, or maybe doesn't think is okay, but like. Where are we coming from? Obviously, I said that I think it's I don't bad, I, it's in bad form and not productive. Well, biblically speaking, I would say just, from a communication standpoint, it's not productive. I don't personally have uh, a problem with 98 percent of what he says. That it's the sauciness that I think is not is not productive. I do think it's the pot calling the kettle black. Of course, That's, it is. I think that that's something that is ridiculous, um, and I think that that in general or in this instance in, in general because I think that's what we're dealing with. When, I don't think when that you, that you said could like Masa was doing the same thing to him. Um, n- no, not not, not on a personal level, but on maybe. not on a personal level, but on a general level. Yeah, I mean, there's so maybe we're not talking about about Crowder specifically, but we are talking about the the uh, yeah. right wing culture. And right-wing culture is absolutely demonized. Oh, so. yeah, t- t- terribly so. And, and uh, you can look at instances. This is, this is not something that has just happened overnight. This is something which for the last 10 years or, or more has been growing in how it is that the far left uh, will uh, present its agenda and and uh, and seek to stop any discussion of any dissent of their particular point of view that they're promoting. Well, I think and what, that's been going on for a long time. I so I think that what you're dealing with is sort of like, um, man, left wing McCarthyism. Yeah, sure. Uh, but you might have to explain that for some people who don't even know who McCarthy was. Well, it's it's just sort of... I mean, look it up. Look it up if you don't know what McCarthyism is. Maybe I'll post a link. But um, I think what you're... what you're dealing with is sort of a witch hunt, a cultural witch hunt against views that are... that, you know, are destructive to a particular narrative not necessarily to the fabric of society but to a particular understanding of that and i think that that's where the conversation becomes like really important for us to be having yeah i agree is what is is what are we really fighting for like or maybe not fighting for what are we really fighting about i think that's why steven crowder um is so verbose um because what we're really fighting about, he sees as a much larger issue. And it is really interesting. You talk about college campuses. One of Steven Crowder's shticks is going to college campuses and um, posting big signs that say, change my mind, and then he'll make a statement. So change my mind, mm-hmm. abortion is uh, murder. And then 
he'll just sit there with a table and a microphone and let people come up and talk to him on those college campuses and their thing is to try to change his mind and he's always generally respectful like pretty respectful um at those events and so that's like one of his things um and they'll talk to him about you know being an american this or an american that but he's not even american he's canadian and he comes from you have to understand stephen crowder comes from a culture where free speech as we understand it in america is not protected right 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 <clears throat> um yeah and then i don't know if you guys saw that thing i posted last night but jordan peterson is trying to get this social media platform right so, and he's also canadian right um, so he, and speaking of college campuses that's how he really yeah let me look that up that's how he really sprung to prominence is what's with all these canadians he, interfering in our he democracy was, he was a college professor at the university of toronto or something and he basically was being told uh he was being threatened that if he refused to use you know pronouns of transgender that he would you know lose his job or you know be whatever and so then from there you know he really he really yeah <laughs> exploded he but said really you haven't heard anything and, yet yeah and his whole thing was you're, that's a complete infringement on free speech and so yeah, yeah speaking of canada um and so he's got this whole social media platform he's kickstarting called think spot think spot yeah and it's in like beta right now but basically the the the, the long and short of it is it's a it's a social media platform where the only way something will be censored is if the the government says delete that or something um so the whole point being it's a free it's an open platform to discuss any and all things even offensive things so um anyways uh back to uh, back to another question then so what where are the lines between between these these kinds of speech so one party's saying hate speech one party is advocating you know it's free speech and that's the that's the larger problem um the google ceo says he said this when he was interviewed with um, with somebody. He says, we rank content based on quality and really prevent borderline content. Content which doesn't exactly violate policies, which need to be removed, but which still cause harm. It's a hard societal problem because we need better frameworks around what is hate speech, what's not, and how do we as a company make these decisions at a scale at scale and get it right without making mistakes. So where are those, where are those lines? Yeah, what do you, like, you guys as the audience, what do you think about it while we talk about it? Yeah. Do, should those lines be there? Mm-hmm. Pastor Monty, I'm sure you have a idea. I have no problem. I, I agree with what was said by the, uh, by the CEO. I think the real issue is... Whose name I won't is, even try to pronounce, by is, the way. Is defining... It's an Indian man. Is, is, is providing a def- an accurate definition that everybody can agree to. See, my observation in, uh, in observing all the stuff that's going on culturally and politically is that w- uh, oftentimes those people who cry the loudest are more guilty than those that they're crying out about. So and he who smelt it dealt it. Essentially, <laughs> to put it yes. in terms yeah. we can all understand. Yeah. And, and the, or if you prefer the Shakespeare, methinks she doth protest too much. <laughs> the the reality of it is is that if 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 it is applied across the board to everybody, then that's appropriate. But what happens is is that one side. Uh, decries the fact that something is hate speech, but they're just as guilty, if not more, in how they present things themselves. 
Do you think? Do you think that there should be a freedom? I mean, when we talk about like Google, okay, and we talk about YouTube, that's a private company, right? Right. So they can make policies as they want to, but it's a much larger issue of what should be allowed in society. Do you think that people should be allowed to say anything that they want to? <laughs> um, not that they should, but that not not that they. Not that they'll be right or wrong, but that they should have the ability to. Well, and maybe 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 ability- to, maybe to frame it, to take what they're saying and put it next to, um, to to elevate it to the same standard as, for instance, um, you know, a university or or even the Bible. I well, that. I would not go back should, to the, I would go back to the principle that freedom is not the right to do what you ought to do, want to do, but the power to do what you ought. And so with freedom comes responsibility in how it is applied. And to, Uncle Ben. And, and, at, and Abraham Lincoln. And there are, there are times when, um, yes, you may have the right to do something, and you may be able to throw something out there, but you have to ask yourself if you're, if you're intellectually capable at all, and you're just not vomiting, you have to ask yourself, at what point is what I'm going to say productive or non-productive to the integrity of the fabric of society? And I think that's what we're coming down to, is we're coming down to the fact that that this free speech thing where you just vomit whatever you want to without any thought of consequence, in my personal opinion, is uh, is destructive to society and is part of the uh, part of the um, a step that we're taking towards uh, seeing uh, societies break down around the world and the uh, advent of uh, the our Lord Wait, Jesus. So Christ. are you? So then, are you advocating for there to be censorship when it's not productive? Uh, no nope. cens- personal censorship. No, because I tend to be more libertarian in how I view things politically. So I don't think that. First of all, you can't legislate morality. I mean, we do it every day. Well, they try. <laughs> they try. You know, the, the government has yet to understand that you can't legislate morality. For example, prohibition. Um, but but the reality of it is is that you have to ask yourself. Uh, if you want to have a, if you want to have a relationship either on a on a intimate basis or on a more global basis, then there has to be some decorum in how it is that you deal with people. And you can agree to disagree, and that's okay. But you're not going to have any relationship if uh, every time you see somebody, you uh, snipe at them and make comments, and it's unproductive. I think that's one. Uh, I think that's an interesting point of you know this whole new social media platform that Peterson is trying to to get started. This ThinkSpot is. One of his things is he wants it to be. You know how Twitter has a like a maximum, a maximum, yeah, maximum characters. characters. Yes. His thing is, it has to be a minimum. I think it said minimum fifty word before you can post. Which the thought being that people have to think about what they're going to say and articulate they want to say and to try and prevent like trolls and stuff from that's just doing like like you're saying snipes and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But then that's also sort of. A level of censorship is the it is, is the backlash. Joseph Jesse, <laughs> so, but it's interesting. Yeah, 
Uh, Jesse had something to say. He says, I think big tech companies have been taking a hands-off approach for years and we're starting to see that the position, that, that, that position wasn't tenable. Where they go mm -hmm. from here is going to be very interesting to watch and there will be mistakes made and overreaches. And they're, they're, um, upfront about that too. Like the CEO of YouTube and, and Google, um, in those interviews, they're, basically upfront about it just like joe's saying like we are not where we should be like we should be a lot more prepared for these things than we are and we're gonna try to like do this and that but yeah they're well these they're being are forced to take positions these are sociological issues which are outside of the framework that that they even begin to understand as they as they uh envision what their company would look like so, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, I think that there's. I think that they, when somebody creates something, they have a certain ideology. I think. If, well, I agree with that. If what you're, if what you're saying is essentially, it's like um, Einstein and his involvement in the nuke. Mm. You know, where he like looks back on it and he's like, I want nothing to do with that sort of thing, because of what what happened from his involvement with it and the destructive power of it. Um, I think that it's it's ideology that brings that into existence. And then I think when they go to the practical, they, I, I don't know if it's, well, with Einstein, like it's a morality thing. I don't know if it's a morality thing here. I think it's a, it's a dollar thing. No, I, it's like, I, it's I, the I ideology that brings the technology into reality. And then it starts hurting their bottom line when people start using it exactly as, as they intended, because they were thinking what was best. They thought that people would do right by it. And that that right would outweigh the wrong that they probably knew people were going to do with it. Yeah, for sure. Like they didn't know that for people sure. were going to, yeah. you know, say well, bad I, things. I kind of agree with you. But what I'm saying, Josh, is that is, and it's supposition on my part. I'd have to sit down with them and talk with them. But the re like that's going to happen. But the reality <laughs> of it is, is we're that, willing for an interview, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, yeah. With who exactly? Yeah. CEO of YouTube. CEO. Yeah. Google's Google. CEO. Google. Get you know. Let us know if we can get you on need interview. To work for the right. Uh, Pastor Monty has a show. It's on Tuesdays, and we are more than willing to have you come on. It's called Truth Time with Pastor Monty. Get a hold of us, and we'll we'll get you in there. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, no. If I were to sit down and talk with these guys, and we were to talk honestly, I would say that probably their vision of what it was they were seeking to create when they started their company had lots of uh, unknowns as it grew that were put into play as unintended consequences. And, and my feeling is, uh, as a social scientist observing what has taken, uh, has taken place, is that this is one of those unintended consequences that has gotten out of hand and and to your point earlier josh i think that part of that is is because they have a different view of mankind than scripture yeah and the the belief that somehow people are going to uh be good and rein themselves in <laughs> <laughs> But okay, but 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 the unintended consequence part. I that's what I'm pushing back on. Like I like even in what you said earlier, you had said that you think that people should essentially use their use their freedom wisely, right? Yeah, I agree. To me, it's like I don't understand. Like how 
those two ideas don't necessarily connect with each other because it's like obviously you know just as you laughed about people aren't going to use those things mm. wisely and in my mind it's not like the people who created youtube didn't know that people were going to use it inappropriately or weren't using it inappropriately they well, knew let me let me be clear they knew they just thought the good outweighed the bad no let me be clear that the most people who uh, who you know spout you know, I have the freedom to do this. Haven't the faintest concept of what freedom really is. I don't know about that. I do. I do. Most people who spout that have no idea or that there's a consequence of responsibility attached to freedom. And the blood, the, the freedom that we experience in this nation has, has come at the cost of people's blood. And the people that I've talked to over my, you know... Uh, 50 plus years of dealing with these types of issues is that they don't they don't have an understanding of they're, they're they're shallow in their in their understanding of what freedom really is that's my that's my opinion as somebody who deals regularly with uh, people that are in uh, chaotic issues within their lives and have not been responsible in the exercise of their freedom. Yeah, I just don't think that it's. Uh, I just don't think that it's an unforeseen consequence. I think the unforeseen consequence was actually foreseen and put aside at the expense of their ideals. I think they said to themselves, "The good that this will do is more important than the backlash that will happen, and we'll deal with the backlash when it comes." But they got too big for their bridges, and now they can't help but address the backlash. I guess the, the only way that we could uh, dispel this uh, conflict, Josh, is if we were to uh, get that interview. If you're listening, please give us a call um, and ask them right up front as, as, the, as the company was in the process of inception and implementation. Did they hire psychologists and sociologists in order to deal with the consequence? Well, just think about Google in particular. Like, Google's slogan was, do no evil. Really? Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, was, that was their, like that was their thing, and that's no longer changed. part of their, like, charter. No, now it's we want to make money at any cost. Okay. No, it's just Google. It's their change. motto, don't be evil. That's what it was. When it first started? Yeah. Oh, weird. And then it was removed from their code of conduct. <laughs> because now you can be evil. Because, <laughs> because what? Because it's a lost cause. Yeah. What the heck? Uh, Tiffany Perry wants to point out that First Corinthians 6.12, I think she's backing Pastor Monty here, says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Hey, that's great. If you have Bless a Bless you, Tiffany. <laughs> yes. If you have a Christian worldview. Ah, turn that off. Hurts my ears. Yeah. Um. Or how about this? Okay. <laughs> Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. You better get used to him. He's going to direct the choir in heaven. Okay. Anyway. Uh. uh yeah. So I. I think. I think the larger issue, and I don't feel like it's really been addressed, if I'm being honest. I think the larger issue is, is this something that, like, has to happen? Like, how do we feel about, like, are you okay with having truth, 
as we understand, like as Christians, we have a worldview that there's absolute truth, right? Are we okay with having truth sit next to, on equal footing in these platforms with other things? With things that are not true, with things that are actually evil? That's the, that in my mind is the question, and that's what we're coming down to more and more, I think, where we're gonna have to make a real, we're gonna have to push, like this content that you're getting right now for free, and you're getting it, and we because we have the license to do it. Essentially, the company gives us the license to do it. Um, you're getting it for free. You're getting it broadcast live as it's happening instead of put up, you know, in post. I think that there's a real possibility that those days are numbered, whether on YouTube or Facebook. I mean, I guess Jordan Peterson has that, this thing, but that won't be free. No, that I agree with. I agree with, and I and and for me personally, it comes down to an issue of sovereignty. I understand that God is in control. I understand the scripture has clearly said that um, our Lord is returning. And I understand from a biblical standpoint that things are going to get worse before they get better. Well, how do we, so how do we ensure that? I think every person says that they want that, that they want that freedom. So the difference is, is that some people want to ensure that freedom by, by essentially censoring, right? And then other people want to ensure that freedom by literally blowing the doors off of the gates. Yeah, but as a but, but but as a believer. So what is 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 freedom? Is here's a question: Is freedom anarchy? No. Be for vendetta. Or exactly is freedom <clears throat> anarchy? Do as thy will, or is freedom which is which is by the way satanic? Um, is freedom anarchy or is freedom order within a stru- or freedom uh, to roam within a structure? Trust of self. Which one is freedom? Because that's really what it comes down to. That's that's what's being fought for here. And I think it's really interesting in this case that um, it seems to be a bit flipped. I think like Moz's position, Vox's position, um, which seem to be synonymous with each other. Forgive me if they're not, but they seem to be synonymous with each other at this point. Is that real freedom is the restriction. And that's kind of strange because they are liberal in nature mm, and Steven Crowder is saying that freedom is blow the gates off the door and let everybody's voice be heard equally and then you know and let them stand and, and fall on, on their merit and he's conservative I think it's just really interesting and what position are we like what position do we take like as a church like this is a real this is a real issue to me because this is a real this is a real important ministry for our church and um, this is a real important ministry for our church and it's really important that our what we're talking about have an open discussion like last week I think Joseph Jesse was noting uh, the topic of on the topic of abortion that people can't like aren't having these discussions with a 10-foot pole the reality of it is to put it in pastor Monty speak that uh, we won't be able to have this conversation with a 10-foot pole live and in front of you and in, and in perpetuity if we keep going down this direction. Well, okay, so I... I and, and Tiffany Perry has something to say. She says, well, I wasn't really backing anyone. It took me a while to find where the verse was, but I was saying the standard for hate speech, but it isn't really exactly as easy as that. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. And that's another question. Still, what bless, is hate speech? bless you, Tiffany. Um, the 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 <laughs> I okay. First of all, I don't think is is Crowder's not a believer. If I 
Yeah. Actually, I think he might be. He I might think be. I've heard that oh. somewhere too. Oh, Some oh. sort of consensus. But, okay, but so his, old. He, but his religion doesn't play into. He, I've never heard him back his position from a theological standpoint ever. Yeah. Well, that's fine, and that's not what he's called to do. So I get that. But 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 here is the thing. Uh, he is a. He's somewhat older, if I remember correctly. No, he's low thirties. Like yeah, mid thirties. In the old days, I'm just going to say, for foundational purposes, in the old days, the belief was that in order for democracy to exist, you needed to have uh, open discussion uh, between opposing points of view, and you needed to allow that voice to be heard from both opposition viewpoints, and then people could decide which way they wanted to go um, on how it is that they were going to deal with an issue. And increasingly, over the years, what has taken place, predominantly by those on the left, but what has taken place is that there has been a systematic design to oppress any opposition a viewpoint and to only have so so if if you have somebody who is presenting an opposition viewpoint to where you're coming from then you're going to uh, personalize you're going to make it an issue of morality well I think that's always been the case is it, that it has, but, it, but we see that more and more being reflected and that's kind of a backdrop behind where Crowder is coming I believe versus where what we see um it becoming more a more dominant cultural struggle taking place. Yeah, I think that that's it's pretty much always been the case that people want to debate by logical fallacy. They want to debate by ad hominem, essentially, um, by attacking from a person, from, uh, attacking the person rather than the idea, right? Um, and so that's, I mean, that's like how the, the Constitution, for instance, of the United States is set up specifically to like protect rights so that they can't be used that way so that right. like so a person's personhood can't be used against them um so if you go back to the idea that 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 we have no we're just talking about western society or and the united states in particular because there are places around the world where uh, people don't have a voice as believers but they still are very much involved in uh, in the church and in the relationship to the church and how they can interact in their society, even in a limited basis. So we're talking predominantly about a phenomenon which is Western society we, where we, we are spoiled and have this idea that we have the right to say whatever we want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. That foundation being laid then I believe the real issue is, do, is is part of your conviction that you believe if everybody has the right to say what they want to without restraint, then does that mean that, uh, that, that you throw away, as it were, your ideas about what are productive uh, to the, re- the overall relationship? And in honoring the fact that you're in a relationship with others and you would like to still, you know, you can agree to disagree. My wife and I, you know, we've been married for 40 plus years. Um, 
we don't personalize. So what position? Because we value the relationship. So what position are you taking here in terms of that question that I posed earlier? Like, should would we you, be standing in the right, same should, should shoulder truth, to shoulder? Yeah, should truth be shoulder to shoulder with lies and letting people figure that out? Oh, no. No, I don't okay. think. So you're confusing me because I don't know which position you're taking. Are you taking the position that... See, that's the position that Crowder would take. That's the position that the... That the uh, that the uh i keep wanting to say church fathers but they're not the forefathers of america took as you just pointed out earlier that these things should be able to stand next to each other and then allow the merit of them to disqualify them well i i I am conflicted i am conflicted to the standpoint that as as a believer which 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 so truth uh should govern everything that i do so as much as possible, I'm always going to stand on the point of truth. With that being said, when it comes to this issue of free speech, I believe that you do need to allow even those who present false narratives to be exposed to the light and, uh, and deal with those narratives as they're presented. Um, so I, I wouldn't stop a lie from being told. I would simply examine it as to its truthfulness or not. Okay, so that's the side you're coming down. What do you think, Adam? I think that I think that I I think that I think I agree. <laughs> like <laughs> like we have to, we have some sort of responsibility in combating that, and so I think that we should be offering truth for those that would hear it and want it. Yeah, so I think, like, when we go back to United States, I think the the responsibility in combating it lies on the people, right? That's the responsibility of the press. That's why the press was given carte blanche in order to report on the veracity of statements that are made. And which so is what, obviously which gone they're, yes, they're, they're failing miserably. Because it's been bought out, essentially. Yeah. Um, so, but the question is, do we think that over time, well, the question I'm going to ask right now is, do we think that over time the power of the people will outweigh the propaganda of the machine. Do um, we think that in time the power of the people outweighs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let me give you let me give you an example. So last week we're talking about abortion, right? <coughs> and or last week, sorry, last show we're talking about abortion, and the power of the machine has essentially um, created a narrative for society that abortion is a hundred percent wanted. And yet, what is happening is that there's been this mass pushback and mass exodus across states, even like with Netflix and like, uh, what was it, within like hours, like Netflix had lost, you know, over 100,000 subscribers uh, because they uh, said they were going to boycott Georgia. Um, So... Clearly, there's more than just that narrative that's, that is true. That's the one narrative that's being presented by the media, the same media that owns the news stations and so on and so forth. And then you have, over time, these other voices have risen to, to the surface. And I think that that's what we're seeing now is pushback on a whole bunch of things that the media for a long time has been saying, uh, whether through its, their storytelling or through their news outlets, They've been saying that this is what the truth is. So the, so the question is, in my mind, over time, will 
the voice of the people as a, sort of a new form of press in the internet age. You know, everybody's a blogger. Uh, so will that I, I outweigh? Just, I don't know. Like, I I see it. Like, obviously, like we're talking. Like we brought up the Miley Cyrus thing and the yeah. pushback. Miley Cyrus. Right. It's a great example. Baked cake, and you know, abortion is our right. But then she had all the backlash about. Uh, people baking their own cakes and f- flipping her original post, which was funny, but I don't know. I I worry to your question. I worry that people there aren't enough people in positions of influence giving the um, uh, giving the opposing view. Like the the influential hubs are all yeah. So if there's not enough people in influence giving the opposing view, then that seems like you lean more toward putting a moratorium on what can be said. Can you say that in a different way? Yeah. Like, essentially, if we're worried that the truth isn't being given, then we should censor what is being said. No. I said my... Con- that's not what I was saying. I was saying that I'm... Con- to your question, do we think that the... You were saying, do we think that the people will outweigh the propaganda of the machine? So my concern is that there aren't enough in people in those fears of influence that can can offer that opposing viewpoint. Not that we should censor the other, but there aren't enough good guys in those you know on those platforms. And in, so, to what end are you worried about then? I'm worried that no, no the people will not. Will not rise up. Will not, yeah, will not out, outweigh that. And that society will eventually. See, my thing is, in that case, then let disaster fall. That's how I feel. Hmm. Like, societies are supposed to be... Societies are are built around the fact that people are valuable, which is based upon their knowledge of the image of God. That's the Christian worldview. That's the Christian perspective. And a society rises and falls based upon its understanding of that perspective. If we love God wholeheartedly and we love man tenderheartedly and we retain that information and we build our laws and structure around it, then we succeed. That's why America succeeded. And as America loses that mentality, for instance, it decides to devalue human beings and kill them when they're in the mother's womb, for instance. Or when they've just gotten out of it. Or just exited, yeah. which is really scary. Yeah. Um, then what you're having is a devaluing of that of that innate human uh, humanness, and that harkens back to an image of God issue, and that's when a society will fall. And so my question in that is like, what is our entitlement to American society when that society maybe that society needs to fall? Mm. The other, but the other thing that I, the other thing that I would say about this is in terms of a Christian perspective. Christianity has survived the gamut of societies and it always thrives based upon its position being a biblical worldview, based upon its position being holy or uh, for those of you who maybe don't understand that, set apart. That's what it means. It's holy. It's set apart. So the Christian perspective is a set apart perspective that is always going to be different. It's always informed differently. It's, it comes from revelation rather than man's understanding. It comes from what God has told us. And so because of that, it always thrives, whether it's in Roman persecution, whether it's in China right now being persecuted. Right. It doesn't matter. It always thrives. You know where it stops thriving is when it comes into no persecution. Right. When people stop persecuting 
the the Christian faith and say that um, you know uh, we can hold a Christian consensus, and that's exactly what happened in America. We held a Christian consensus. It's okay to be Christians. And then that opened the doorway for people to stop thinking critically about their Christianity. And when that happened, we have what we have now. Yeah, my, my, my take on this whole thing is, is, um, is comprehensive but sophisticated. I, <laughs> okay. I, I Thanks be- for bringing us full circle there. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> the, the, the deal, you know that, you know the atomic clock? Yes. Okay, so the atomic clock, like you the know, for the, clock? yeah, yeah, for those of you who no. aren't aware, the, the scientific the community believes no. that, that, uh, society is on the brink of destruction. Oh, with nuclear you are speaking war. about the doomsday clock. The atomic yeah, clock is a different thing. Yeah, uh, right. The atomic clock is, okay, yes, the doomsday clock. Yes. Um, which is a really interesting comic book right now. Also. Yeah, and 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 you're also probably aware of the illusion of a frog cooking itself in yeah. water that's slowly boiled. Yep. See, here's the thing. I think that what's happened is, which which agrees with what you're saying, Josh, is that as a society, America. Now we're talking about Western society. So, as, in America, particularly, the um, those who are on the right and those who um, are of faith, and particularly uh, the church, has been uh, negligent of being vigilant in presenting the truth and addressing these types of issues as a society. And we are now, I believe, in the last throes of waking up but the real question then is, have we woken up too late? Too late to save Americans. Yes, society. that's correct. And so, yeah, and, that's, and, that's, a, that's, yeah, that's the really good question about it. And I think when you see what's going on with um, the, like what's going on right now with the fight against abortion. Right. I think that, honestly, the quote unquote freedom to act um, without any respect for human life whatsoever in these late term abortions that you know got signed into bills that is what got signed into law that is what like started to wake up the the christian consensus again right and and so my position as a believer is that while i understand scripture to say that it's inevitable that we will see society all societies but the that we will see society uh, be dominated by self and by sin and gravitate towards uh, the ugliness of those uh, more and more and I have no control over that what I do have control over is that as long as I'm alive that I take the steps to when I hear untruth or false narratives that I engage those who are presenting them in a respectful manner, but nonetheless uh, bring up truth and stand for it in whatever way that I can. So I think that it's good that we have uh, networks, for example, news networks, so all the major networks present these false narratives that are out there clearly. But um, for example, Fox News presents both sides of things 
and and has frank discussions about what the liberals believe and what the conservatives well, believe. Okay, and, but you know so both they, sides claim that, right? I, I know that. I'm just saying that. that I know there, you're a Fox fanboy. There are few. There are few current networks that take make an effort to be unbiased. Fox is one of those. There's a, a, the by cri- your estimation. By my estimation, okay. which you know. Being comprehensive and sophisticated. I mean, you do have your pretty, own show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is correct. So, so, so I, uh, there is a response, and the other, so, so, what that necessitates then, as myself, as a believer, I cannot sit back idly and take everything in and not be critical about what I take in. I have to educate myself. I have to critically understand the issues, and I have to be willing to articulate those in a respectful manner. And I think that there are many people, quite frankly, I would just say, uh, in Christendom and, uh, and then further out from Christendom in America that are simply intellectual lazy. Intellectual lazy. Intellectually lazy. Into lazy, yeah. Into lazy, <laughs> yeah. Into lazy. <laughs> oh man. Well, I think that that's what makes a show like this really important. Yeah. Um, and for me, I mean, I'll give my my personal opinion. Sorry, I was watching a news feed just pop up. Um, I'll give my personal opinion on it. I think that things should be allowed to sit together on the shelf um, in the non-Christian world. In the Christian world. Like, you know, anybody who's not a part of my church, I'm not going to say that you have to hold the Bible on, sure. on a... I mean, I'm going to fight for that. I'm going to let you know that I do that. But in the non-Christian world, I think everything should go on the same shelf um, and let its usefulness stand as a testament on its own merit. Um, yeah. I, the, other, the other thing, you know, like you... The, if you don't do that, then at the risk of being a savior, you become a tyrant and and that's the thing you you know i I, like spoiler alert but when we talk about um daenerys you know in like game of thrones that's that's like basically what you have is you have somebody who is trying to free things and so on and so forth and eventually becomes a tyrant because you have to continue to maintain that freedom and continue to maintain that freedom based upon the order that you put down um, that's a scary thing. And so for me, I think, I think that Crowder and Maza should have a voice next to each other. Um, we haven't talked about hate speech, but, uh, maybe that's another, <laughs> maybe that's another one we can talk about a different time. Um, I was just thinking that even, even on that same shelf, like what you're saying, like that's not sustainable, right? Like, because what's useful for someone today is not useful for someone tomorrow is not useful for this person is not which useful is why you person. need which is why I would so advocate for the biblical position right so ultimately that doesn't even hold like but what's though, use, it, though it makes sense it doesn't well that's but that's that's the thing is that the natural order will will weed out the things that aren't useful over time does that make sense so and then what and and have a critical mind about it. If you've got this one thing that's useful for all societies over all of time, 
and then you have all these other things that aren't, well, then maybe you should start to perhaps own that. Well, except that in, a, in, in, the, in the way it, yes, in the way it works itself out, I agree that it will eventually weed, but the weeding process can be very painful and deadly. Which is what's happening right now. Yes. And that's, you know, going back to the hate speech issue. And like I said, maybe that's a, maybe that's a concept that we can talk about to extend this. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, I know we got to wrap up the show. We're yeah, we at about an hour and 10 minutes here. But Joseph Jesse posted this quote from the HBO show Chernobyl. I've been meaning to watch that show, man. Yeah, I know. Um, he posted this. Maybe maybe we can finally do a live we should. viewing of it. We were talking about doing a – for Culture Insanity, we were talking about doing a – uh, reaction. But I don't know if that's a g- good one to start with. <laughs> because I do want to watch it. It is that HBO. Show. Uh, anyway, um, we were talking about doing a reaction video. Anyway, uh, the quote that he posted was this from, from the HBO show Chernobyl Every lie that we tell incurs a debt to the truth. Sooner or later, that debt is paid. Yeah, it's a good line. It is. The Bible has a similar line. It says, Even the deepest seeds find the light of day. Yes. Also a good line. <laughs> All right, let's 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 wrap it up. So, uh, Josh, I don't know if you posted. I kind of was trying to look if any of the links for this conversation. Um, uh, some of them. They're all obviously on our thread. If you if you want to post them, so that people can you know go back and, and look at how this sort of resurfaced and reared its ugly head. But so if you're interested in that, um, be looking for that on the on the comments section maybe. Um, and then again, we have uh, rebranded our are things that, that we do here at ABF with the number of shows we do. Uh, we've gone down to one Facebook page, so you can look for all of these things and all of our content that we produce here at Aletheia on the Vigilance Radio Network Facebook group page. So make sure you're liking and following and subscribing to that. Um, and if you have something you're personally interested in, Jacob Browning, post it on our Facebook page um, so that we can um, we can tackle it. Um, I think, yeah, J- uh, Jacob Browning reached out to us about uh, tackling an episode of Black Mirror. So mm. um, put that through the proper channels so that people can, can follow along so that maybe they can watch it so that they come to the, to the episode um, with the same, um, yeah, same what? What would you call that? Consuming the same thing that we did so that they would understand where we're coming right. from. Same narrative. Yeah, same narrative. Um, and then if you're interested in exploring your faith, as always, or completely new to Christ um, or the Bible, you can check out the help tab on our website, abfpdx.org. With that said, uh, a couple plugs. Next Sunday, so not tomorrow, tomorrow's Father's Day. We like to honor our fathers on Father's Day. But next Sunday on June 23rd at 7 p.m. will be the latest um, – episode of our tiles ministry which stands for the young lectern series which is just a, a, an opportunity we give to young christian people um speaking on things that they um they think are really interesting um happening or not happening within the church so here at aletheia at 7 p.m next sunday jasmine purzina is going to be talking about church synergy or collaboration so look forward to that that will again be posted on our vigilance radio network page if you can't make it to the church so look forward to that 
And then the following week on June 30th, again at 7, we like our time slot of 7 p.m., uh, we'll have the Abandoned Initiative's latest um, Upper Story podcast. Again, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a yellow couch talk um, with just different youths within the church, not just ours, but other churches as well, talking about um, things that aren't talked about So within, um, within the church and within the, the youth of the church. So that will be on prayer. Again, that's at 7 p.m. Again, that's streamed live on the Vigilance Radio Network page. And then, as always, we have our podcast. We are every other Saturday. Or, no, that's not true. We're the first and third Saturday um, for Culture and Sanity at 9 a.m. And then Pastor Monty has his show, Truth Time, at Tuesdays at 11. Um, so, yeah, lots in the, lots uh, that we're doing always. And, again, if you... Um, if you like what we're doing and appreciate what we're doing and feel um, convicted to give, please um, do that. Um, like, share, donate, whatever you can and whatever you um, would like. What's up, Josh? Yeah, I just wanted to do a follow-up. Uh, so we had some feedback on our abortion special. Mm. Special. <laughs> Jeez, we'll call we had, it that. We had some feedback I'll on our <laughs> abortion spectacular last week. And um, there were some people who said, hey, why is it just a bunch of... Uh, men talking about it and i thrown out there to at least our congregation hey if you want to come on if you're a woman because you know apparently gender uh gender identity matters when we want it to ah um it's a whole nother dig uh-huh. um <laughs> if you're a woman and you want to talk about abortion feel free to come on the show and talk about it so i want to extend that that um that invitation to you look we're talking about it because it's part of culture we believe that we are image bearers of god and that's the reason why we talk about things not because we have penises or vaginas Mm. so that being said if you're a woman and you want to come on the show and talk about uh abortion with us we're we want to continue to have that conversation um and you can talk to us you can inform us you can um respectfully dissent <laughs> and uh right. and right yeah and we'll go from there so um reach out to the show yeah reach out to the show we'll and get let's, something scheduled let's have that conversation and we'll get it scheduled back yeah. to you adam yeah sure no that's it so <laughs> thanks guys uh we look forward to this ongoing discussion um and thanks for tuning in those that did and will in the future and we'll catch you next time see ya the views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network.